Thank you, Catherine. Um, I was reflecting um, at the earlier service how often I've heard that reading. Um, it's a lot of times because we always have it at Pentecost, probably other times, maybe in small groups as well. Um, I was just wondering who present may have read it from the front of church, that particular Acts reading. Can I, have any of you read it from the front of church? A few of you have. Um, I don't think um, when you're new to reading lessons, that's probably one that you want with all those complicated words. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Um, I'm going to pray. So we just maybe close our eyes. Very simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We know that prayer has been answered. I think Janet said in her prayers, anyone that turns to Jesus in faith has God the Holy Spirit living in them. And I'm going to talk about the Spirit today and the subject on anointing. We're in a series on Acts and um, the theme Church on Fire. And if you want to trace the source of that fire, we do well to go Back to Pentecost, the disciples have been told, told to wait in Jerusalem, um, and uh, the Holy Spirit was going to visit them. They didn't really know what to expect. Waiting is sometimes really hard, especially if you don't know what to expect. But they were obedient, and they waited, and they prayed, and God answered that prayer. The Holy Spirit, the manifest awesome presence of the living God filled the house and the hearts, uh, the house that they were in and every single heart that would receive him. There was a sudden and violent wind and a holy fire which came to rest on each and every one of them. They no longer to, needed to, to wait um, but were compelled to take this message out of the crucified, risen Jesus to all those that would receive the message. And the Jewish nation had gathered in Jerusalem again. Um, this was 50 days after Pentecost, and there was another festival, another feast, Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. And um, so they were all there and not really knowing what to expect either. Disciples did nothing uh, to gather the crowd. This was God's doing. Um, they had to come for the feast to remember God giving Moses the law back in the Old Testament. It had been a constant challenge for them. Although they knew the law, it was really hard for them to live in obedience to the law. And the Old Testament sort of charts their constant struggle and rebellion. With the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, these laws are now written on our hearts 
and our minds. And we're also given the motivation to live by them. The Holy Spirit is God's manifest presence. It's a miraculous act of grace, not something that we can earn or conjure up as a gift from God. What strikes me is the disciples were simply being obedient. They were there, they were waiting, and they were praying. The people, they didn't do much. They turned up for a festival, and uh, I think they were uh, taken, they must have been taken very much by surprise, but they just happened to be there in the right place at the right time. This was God's initiative. If, um, as Christians believe, and I believe, the historic events of the crucifixion and the resurrection actually occurred, this can't be undone or the implications of it reversed. So too with Pentecost. God's power and love were unleashed uh, with wind and fire. And this spirit, God's manifest presence, cannot be put back in a box. God the Holy Spirit is searching for human hearts to inhabit. God the Holy Spirit is at work restoring all creation. Many received the message of the gospel in these moments and we're told that 3,000 men and there'll have been women and children gave their lives to the Lord. They'll have been baptised and filled with the Spirit. Ordinary people of all ages called to royal purposes. They didn't have to pass a test They simply needed to receive a word, repent and believe, and they were baptised. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit imparts the same holy fire from one holy source. Verse 3 of Acts 2. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each and every one of them. I just try and imagine now the same Holy Spirit individually ministering to what you need and what he would like to bring out of you, resting on each and every one of you. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. After the wind and the fire, there was a response, a boldness, an ability to communicate the gospel in ways that people could understand. And as we know, some mock them, but it was explained that they weren't drunk. It was only nine in the morning. Peter there stood amongst the 11 apostles and began to explain using uh, the scriptures from the book of Joel what had happened and you've heard it already in the last days God says I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people Pentecost happened it can't unhappen 
This was an intergenerational calling. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. It's going to bring revelation from God in ways that can be understood. Um, I used a bit from this passage at our staff away day, which was on vision. Surely we want to be dreaming God's dreams after him and not just figments of our own imagination when it comes to the vision for this church. The same at our PCC away day. But this isn't confined to special people and priests. This spirit is there for everyone. And it's for you, maybe in the quietness and the privacy of your own homes in prayer with the Lord, that he will revive and refresh and re-envision you for the journey ahead. Verse 18, even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Everyone, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The crowd were a little bit puzzled. They asked later on in the passage, what shall we do? And I've already quoted this, but verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, we have a special focus on the anointing of God the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed by God the Holy Spirit as his baptism. There was no need for oil. Jesus quoting from Isaiah 61 in Luke 4 embraces his unique anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to heal, help people who are blind spiritually and physically to see, and to set people free. Acts 10.38 recounts how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. At Pentecost, tongues of fire signified God's anointing on his people. Today, we're going to give opportunity for everyone to recommit themselves to lifelong service of God. We'll pray that God increases his anointing on everyone. There is one Holy Spirit it's the same divine source at Pentecost as now. And he will and does minister to you individually. We use oil as an outward sign of an inner spiritual work. It's sometimes helpful to have some tangible sign that accompanies prayers in this way. It's not essential, but it's often proven to be really helpful. It's something that we've used on Pentecost here over the last few years and in my previous churches too. Oil has been used throughout the ages by the people of God to signify a work of God. 
the prophet Samuel used oil to anoint David to be king, 1 Samuel 16, 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Oil was used by the disciples when exercising the healing ministry, Mark 6, 13. Oil was associated with healing in James 5.14. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Oil was also used to anoint Jesus' body for his death and his burial. Mark 14. The church uses oil for a variety of purposes. Sometimes we use oil at baptism, a sign of the death and resurrection of Jesus to bring strength and healing to those who are anointed. Oil is sometimes used at confirmation with a sign of the cross on the candidate's head. And the bishop will say, Christ claims you for his own, Confirm, O Lord, your servant, insert your name, with your Holy Spirit. Oil can be used at the ordination of priests where heads and hands are anointed to do God's thinking after him and to serve as Jesus served. May God, who anointed the Christ with the Holy Spirit at his baptism anoint and empower you to reconcile and bless his people. And today, remember oil, that we, oil was used at the coronation of our queen. In the lead up to the anointing, the choir sings the anthem, Zadok the priest, and it's taken from the first book of Kings. It's been sung apparently every coronation since King Edgar's in 973. And um, these prayers of anointing have been a ritual that goes back much, much further and linked when, when King Solomon was anointed uh, by Zadok in, tenth, in the 10th century BC. So that's, is that 1,200 years? Yeah, a lot of years. <laughs> the anointing ritual at the coronation is always hidden from view. It's an intensely private moment. Now, I don't know how many people were there in person to watch the Queen's coronation but it was also filmed and it will have been seen by millions and millions of people I'd like you to watch a film clip now it's eight minutes um, the anointing and the silence don't have the impact without the bits that go on just before notice the contrast and maybe in the silence you could pray uh, for Queen Elizabeth Maybe those that support her, maybe those that will succeed her in future, maybe also for ourselves. So as she's anointed for a special purpose, so too are we. Let's watch this now.
Knights of the Garter, the Dukes of Wellington and Portland, the Earl Fortescue and the Viscount Arundale, bring forward a golden canopy which they hold over Her Majesty so that the sacred moment of anointing, normally never seen, is shielded from all eyes. We shall hear the words of the Archbishop. As the canopy comes to rest, we see beyond it the gleaming altar cloth of the Abbey. thy hands anointed with holy oil. Be thy breast anointed with holy oil. Be thy head anointed with holy oil as kings and priests and prophets were anointed. And as Solomon was anointed king by Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, so be thou anointed, blessed, and consecrated queen over the people whom the Lord thy God hath given thee to rule and govern in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. now prepares to receive the blessing from the Archbishop. She leaves the chair and moves to the full stool by the altar. Who by his father was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows, by his holy anointing pour down upon your head and heart the blessing of the Holy Ghost and prosper the work of your hands, that by the assistance of his heavenly grace you may govern and preserve the people committed to your charge in wealth, peace, and godliness. And after a long and glorious course of ruling a temporal kingdom wisely, justly, and religiously, you may at last be made partaker of an eternal kingdom through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. is borne away by the Knights of the Garter.
And now the queen is divested of her plain white garment worn for the anointing. The Dean of Westminster, helped by the Mistress of the Robes, puts upon the Queen the Colobium Sindonis, which translated means the little gown of linen. Over it they place the lovely Super Tunica, a close pall or coat of shimmering cloth of gold lined with crimson silk. Queen is now ready to receive the regalia, the emblems of majesty. I wonder what um, struck you about watching that. I'm, I'm not sure that I've ever seen it before. Um, last um, week or so ago I, I asked Jen in the office to dig me out the, the clip but um, there was something very very private and special about the whole thing I was really struck by um, what she was wearing I suppose stripped of all royal robes uh, when she's anointed she just um, Jesus, take me as I am. I can come no other way. And then for her to be anointed in that way, and I suppose this incredible humility. She's going to be a person, has been a person of incredible influence. What was she praying in those silent, sacred moments? Just been reminded of our confirmation which is probably the closest that many of us get to this sort of anointing but uh, confirm O Lord your servant and our name with your Holy Spirit the Queen um, came I think as an ordinary humble person and was called to extraordinary purposes we like the Queen are invited to today to be anointed with oil. It's a different calling, but it's the same Holy Spirit. Today we'll ask God to confirm his call on us as his beloved children and holy servants and intensify his anointing on each and every one of us. And maybe like the first Pentecost, it will be as if tongues of fire come to rest individually on each 
and every one of us. In Corinthians 12, it teaches that there's different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them um, uh, work uh, a work of God in our lives. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It could be wisdom or knowledge or faith or healing or miraculous powers or prophecy or discernment between spirits, tongues or interpretation of tongues and more. The Holy Spirit anoints ordinary people to be apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists and also with gifts of administration and service and more. The Holy Spirit was given uh, to build up the church for the common good. Ordinary people of all ages called to royal service as servants of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Today, I invite you to humbly recommit yourselves to God in lifelong service. To trust him to equip you with everything you need for the next steps of your lifelong journey. Be anointed as ordinary people called to royal purposes.